0: Welcome. This is the one-year Bible reading for February 4th, and we are starting today. uh, We left off the last time with Moses and the Israelites preparing themselves to meet the Lord at Mount Sinai. So we're beginning today in chapter 19, verse 16. On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. Then the Lord told Moses, Go back down and warn the people not to break through the boundaries to see the Lord, or they will die. Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so that the Lord does not break out and destroy them. But Lord, Moses protested, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. You already warned us. You told me, Mark off a boundary all around the mountain and set it apart as holy. But the Lord said, go down and bring Aaron back up with you. In the meantime, do not let the priests or the people break through to approach the Lord, or he will break out and destroy them. So Moses went down to the people and told them what the Lord had said. Then, the, then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any God but me. thousands for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands you must not misuse the name of the lord your god the lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name remember to observe the sabbath day by keeping it holy you have six days each week for your ordinary work but the seventh day is a sabbath day of rest dedicated to the lord your god on that day no one in your household may do any work This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor, you must not covet your neighbor's house, you must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear." And they said to Moses, "'You speak to us and we will listen, "'but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. "'Don't be afraid,' Moses answered them, "'for God has come in this way to test you, "'and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning.' As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. And the Lord said to Moses, "'Say this to the people of Israel, "'You saw for yourselves that I spoke to you from heaven.' Remember, you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. Build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings and peace offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered, and I will come to you and bless you. If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural, uncut stones— do not shape the stones with a tool for that would not make the altar for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. And do not approach my altar by going up steps. If you do somebody might look under your clothing and see your nakedness. These are the regulations you must present to to Israel. If you buy a Hebrew slave he may serve no more than 6 years. Set him free in the 7th year and he will owe you nothing for his freedom. If he was single when he became your slave, he shall leave single. But if he was married before he became a slave, then his wife must be freed with him. If his master gave him a wife while he was a slave and they had sons or daughters, then only the man will be free in the seventh year. But his wife and children will still belong to his master. But the slave may declare, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I don't want to go free. If he does this, his master must present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door or doorpost and publicly pierce an ear, his ear with an awl. After that, the slave will serve his master for life. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she will not be freed at the end of six years as the men are. If she does not satisfy her owner, he must allow her to be bought back again. But he is not allowed to sell her to foreigners since he is the one who broke the contract with her. But if the slave owners, slave's owner arranges for her to marry his son, he may no longer treat her as a slave but as a daughter. If a man who has married a slave wife takes another wife for himself, he must not neglect the rights of the first wife to food, clothing, and sexual intimacy. If he fails in any of these three obligations, she may leave as a free woman without making any payment. Anyone who assaults and kills another person must be put to death. But, if it was simply but an accident permitted by God, I will appoint a place of refuge where the slayer can run for safety. However, if someone deliberately kills another person, then the slayer must be dragged even from my altar and be put to death. Anyone who strikes father or mother must be put to death. Kidnappers must be put to death whether they are caught in possession of their victims or have already sold them as slaves. Anyone who dishonors mother or father must be put to death. Now suppose two men quarrel and one hits the other with a stone or fist and the injured person does not die but is confined to bed. If he is later able to walk outside again, even with a crutch, the assailant will not be punished but must compensate his victim for lost wages and provide for his full recovery. If a man beats his male or female slave with a club and the slave dies as a result, the owner must be punished. But if the slave recovers within a day or two Then the owner shall not be punished, since a slave is his property. Matthew 23, 13. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You won't go in yourselves, and you don't let others enter either. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, For you cross land and sea to make one convert, and then you turn that person into twice the child of hell you yourselves are. Blind guides, what sorrow awaits you? For you say that it means nothing to swear by God's temple, but that it is binding to swear by the gold in the temple. Blind fools, which is more important, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? And you say that to swear by the altar is not binding, but to swear by the gifts on the altar is binding. How blind! For which is more important, the gift on the altar or the altar that makes the gift sacred? When you swear by the altar, you are swearing by it and everything on it. And when you swear by the temple, you are swearing by it and by God who lives in it. And when you swear by heaven, you are swearing by the throne of God and by God who sits on the throne. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Blind guides, you strain your water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. And in Aramaic, gnat and camel are very similar words, so it is a wordplay here given by Jesus. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first wash the inside of the cup and the dish, and then the outside will become clean too. And I read this morning that it was a a discussion among the Pharisees of the time, whether to clean the inside or the outside of the cup first. So this is to which Jesus is referring. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness." What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you build tombs for the prophets your ancestors killed, and you decorate the monuments of the godly people with your ancestors destroyed. Then you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would never have joined them in killing the prophets. But in saying that, you testify against yourselves that you are indeed the descendants of those who murdered the prophets, Go ahead and finish what your ancestors started. Snakes, sons of vipers, how will you escape the judgment of hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of religious law. But you will kill some by crucifixion, and you will flog others with whips in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. As a result, you will be held responsible for the murder of all godly people of all time from the murder of righteous Abel to the murder of Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you killed in the temple between the sanctuary and the altar. And this was essentially the history of all martyrs from Abel to Zechariah. I tell you the truth, this judgment will fall on this very generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen Protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned and desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalm 28, a psalm of David. I pray to you, O Lord, my rock, do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. Listen to my prayer for mercy as I cry out to you for help, as I lift my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, those who speak friendly words to their neighbors while planning evil in their hearts. Give them the punishment they so richly deserve. Measure it out in proportion to their wickedness. Pay them back for all their evil deeds. Give them a taste of what they have done to others. They care nothing for what the Lord has done or for what his hands have made. So he will tear them down and they will never be rebuilt. Praise the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. The Lord gives his people strength. He is a safe fortress for his anointed king. Save your people. Bless Israel, your special possession. Lead them like a shepherd and carry them in your arms forever. Proverbs 7, 1 through 5. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them down deep within your heart. Love wisdom like a sister. Make Insight a beloved member of your family. Let them protect you from an affair with the immoral woman, from listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. And to end, we are finishing our Psalm of Ascent that we have been looking at, Psalm 129. Many are troubled by the words the psalmist used to begin and end this section of the psalm. May all who hate Zion be turned back in shame. May those who pass by not say, The blessings of the Lord be upon you. They see in these words vindictiveness. But did not the Lord say of Israel, Whoever touches you touches the apple of his eye? Zechariah 2.8 I therefore think that the psalmist is expressing the biblical idea that those with a hostile attitude towards God would find in the end that that would be his attitude towards them. This did not mean that the Israelites should indulge in tit-for-tat. It simply meant that they could not bless in God's name those who were antagonistic toward him. Modern-day pilgrims who are on the road to New Jerusalem will do well to learn how to sing this song along with the others. Its refrain is thrilling truth because we have a righteous God who is committed to us and whose purposes last. It is possible to persevere no matter how flinty the road. Gracious Father, we are so grateful that despite the constant attempts of the world to defeat your purposes, its strategies come to naught. They are worthless and unfruitful. Thank you, Father, that we belong to one whose purposes last. Amen. Have a beautiful day. Love you all.